if you would, turn to Psalms chapter 38. Brother Jeffries, <laughs> I appreciated the message you preached this morning. And uh, I, I told my wife, I, I said, um, <laughs> I didn't get this, the exact scriptures that you used, but uh, my thoughts is going to go right along with this morning's message. I, I I don't think it's coincidence. I don't. I really don't think it's coincidence. I think God's wanting to do something in our midst. But before God can do anything, he wants us to take care of problems. And probably the main problem that any church would have would be sin. And uh, I hope tonight that we can... Um, God's help can share some thoughts. If you will stand with me, chapter 38 of the book of Psalms. This was a psalm. It's titled, The Burden of Suffering. It's a psalm of David to bring to remembrance. It says, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure, for thine errors stick fast in me, and thy hand Presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over mine head as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink, stink and are corrupt, stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I'm troubled, I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease and there is no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the uh, disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee and my groaning is not hid from me. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of my eyes, it also is gone me. In verse 15, I'm going to skip there. It says, for in thee, O Lord, do I hope thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I'm ready to halt. My sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare my iniquities. I will be sorry for my sin. In verse 21, it says, Forsake me not, O Lord, O my God. Be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. I like to preach on sin mess. Sin messes everything up. Sin messes everything up. Lord, will you help me tonight? And God, I do believe, Lord, that you you know Lord, your, your presence is here. Almighty God, that you have, Lord God, you know every one of us, Lord. You know our desires. You know, Lord, the intentions of our heart. And God, I know, mighty God, that you want to bless. You want to anoint. Lord, you want the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the, of, of the Holy Ghost to be poured out on every one of us. Almighty God, and I pray tonight, 
Lord, that you would, God, look at each one. Lord, that we examine our lives. We look at ourselves. And God, if we are in this place, mighty God, Lord, if there's sin in, in our hearts tonight, Lord, that you'd help us, God. Lord, that we would come to a realization that, Lord, our only hope, our only chance is through you. Allow the Holy Ghost to do a work. Allow conviction, mighty God, be a part. And, Lord, God will give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. First of all, I'm not sure um, what um, uh, uh, motivated David to write this song. Um, I, I, it's very clear that David is struggling. Um, David... Um, is 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 uh it's not it's not uh, uh, as powerful as as some of his other writings uh this is not a psalm that is uh let 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 that he wrote that would lead us to green pastors or or uh, um or still waters but it seems like that this psalm is wrote out of an anguish heart a troubled soul a soul that is looks like, feels like, that is on the edge of destruction. Now, when we think about David, we think of David as one of the heroes of the Bible. David was a mighty man. David was a, a, a man that God even said was that man after God's own heart. A man who 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 uh, uh, did some wonderful, great things that. Let, 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 um, he contribute that it was God's help. I mean, this was a man who, 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 when he was even uh, a, a kid, guarding his dad's sheep, was able to take on wolves and bears and wild beasts to protect uh, what belonged to his family. This was a man when all others even as a teenager, probably no more than 17, maybe, somewhere in that age, that, 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 that when all others uh, um, was uh, um, hiding, he stood a giant face to face. This was a man that they sang songs of Saul killed his thousand and David his ten thousands. This was a man who wasn't afraid to confront the enemy. This wasn't a man who wasn't afraid to ask God for direction and for help. Oh, this was a hero. But this was also a man who was a flesh. A man that the Bible even records his triumphs, but it also records his defeats and his struggles. Now, I immediately thought that this psalm was probably maybe wrote because of, we all know the story of Bathsheba. We all know uh, uh, what took place and transferred out of that. But what little I've learned was, we're not sure, what motivated David to write this song? I want you to understand that David was a man who had the anointing of God upon his life. This was a man who was able to sneak into uh, uh, Saul's camp in the middle of the night 
And, 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 and where Saul was sleeping in the center of the camp with all his soldiers around about, he was able to go in there and take a couple of Saul's items, his, his sword, I believe, or a spear or whatever, and was able to go in and, and get out. He was a man who, 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 who was in a cave where Saul entered in. And, 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 and Saul's very purpose was to kill David. And David didn't lift a hand. This was a, a man who, without a shadow of a doubt, knew what it was to have the anointing of God in his life. But this was also a man who had to deal with sin. Sin, not in a sense to, uh, of others, not in a sense of, of, of his friends, but this was a man who dealt with sin in his own life. This was a man who messed up after he had God's blessing and anointings. And you know what? It happens. It happens. Sin messes everything up, brothers and sisters. And one of the one of the clearest things that sin will happen is that, you know, I remember how I was before I was a sinner saved. I remember the guilt and the shame, and I remember that I felt miserable, especially when I heard the preachers preach on sin, and man, they could preach, they could preach uh, uh, the fear of hell, and, 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 and that scared me. That scared me dying without the Lord, but I guess the greatest fear uh, uh, one of the greatest fears I remember as a teenager under conviction was the idea that even in the 70s and 80s, the preachers that I was acquainted with fervently prayed about, I mean, preached about the second coming of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I remember how the pit in my stomach and how I would feel as I sat there knowing that I wasn't right with God. Knowing, and, 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 and at the same time, I had a desire to want to do right. I wanted to be a Christian. I remember going, um, uh, 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 we had a, an outbuilding. And I remember uh, sitting in that outbuilding, crying because I, I wanted to serve God, but I just felt like that I couldn't. But then when I was 19 years old, I surrendered my life to God. And I felt the blessings and the peace that came to my soul in the night that I prayed. And I remember where, as a teenager, I was scared of the dark. I was. I was scared of the dark. I would put myself underneath the sheet on my bed. <laughs> felt like I was protected by that sheet. <laughs> you know, it's laughing. My granddaughters are laughing about that. It is funny. Uh, how it, but but you know what that was that's what sin does to us that's what guilt and shame does but oh i got i got saved and i got filled with the holy ghost i got called i felt like called to go uh to bible school now when i was 8 years old i accepted the lord as an 8 year old i felt like i got saved then i really do Matter of fact, I befriended the evangelist, an older gentleman, a retired principal of a, of a school in Maryland, came to our church, and 
He preached. He preached. He didn't, he wasn't harsh, but all he preached hell and brimstone and 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 I accepted the Lord at eight years old. And you know he 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 befriended me. And uh, he used to then come later on. He would come in the summertime and have Bible studies in our church in the summer. And he used to pick me up, and he always called me his little preacher for whatever reason. And you know something? As a teenager, I felt like if I ever surrendered to God, I wanted to do something for him. I wanted to preach. I wanted to do, I wanted to preach like Brother Rawlings. That was his name, Brother Rawlings. I wanted to preach like him. I wanted to preach like my pastor that I had at that time. I want to preach like him. I want to be someone who could get up and 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 talk about God and see people respond. So I, I felt it wasn't hard for me to make a decision what I wanted to be. All I needed to do was surrender my heart to God, and I I, I felt uh, uh, that, that that I wanted to go. I wanted to go uh, uh, serve him, and that's I got acquainted with the Bible school. Learn about it. Didn't know as much much about it, and I left home and I went up there to school. But I I wanted to do something for the Lord, and I got I had the Holy Ghost, I had everything. But you know something, brothers and sisters, I can't explain how it happened. I can't. I can't explain to you why I let myself slip. But brother Smith. I got into sin. I got into something that I didn't purposely. I knew that it was wrong. But I was weak. And I want you to know something. I was designated to want to serve God. And I felt myself convicted with a wrong. And you know something? It, it would be all right if it was just one little mistake, but it seemed like it just continued to grow in me. And I continued at times to be weak in this. And I continued to fail God and mess up. Hidden sin. Not nobody really knew about it. I didn't stop going to church. I didn't stop reading the Bible. I didn't stop praying. But you know something? Some of the feelings that I had when I first got saved and filled the Holy Ghost, <laughs> I began to feel it tug at my heart. I was felt guilty and shamed. <laughs> I felt like that. Wow! If 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 this. If, if, if anyone finds out about this, I'm done. And trust me, when I said in church services, I'm going to say some things tonight. I in Bible school. And I was in the presence of God every day in classes. Everything was centered around learning about the Bible. I had continued as I was, and really, I might say no one knew the better. No one knew the difference. 
I was putting the show on. But at the same time, I was hurting and I was in anguish and I was in torment because I knew I wasn't where I needed to be with God. That's what sin does. Sin messes up our lives. Sin messes up our lives. You know what? As Brother Jeffrey said this morning, sin is missing the mark. It's an archery term. It's missing the mark. It's an arrow headed towards the, the, uh, 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 a target. And it misses the mark. Others might take pride, might brag about their sins, and I hear it every day, but you know something, Brother Smith, I've never, have ever bragged about my sins, especially ones that happened as a Christian. As under conviction. You know, I've been in different places with God. There's no greater place to feel is when you feel the anointing. And and, 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 uh, as a a minister, as a preacher, uh, preaching God's word, I'm telling you something. Sometimes uh, when you're here and the words come so and the thoughts are there and, and everything and you know you're, 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 you're saying things that let, 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 let's, let's going forth and that God's in the midst and God's presence is there and you feel that great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There's no greater feeling than be when you know you're doing God's, God's will. But oh, when we mess it up, Amen. Sin messes Sin messes our prayer life. Sin will mess up our Bible reading. Sin will mess up our faithfulness that we have with God. And then not only with that, but it will affect our relationships we have with our families and our friends. We're living a double life. And I don't know about you, but I'm the most miserable life to live is living a double life. When you are, 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 are living a life that, 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 that you are, are, are putting a screen where, where to, in appearance sake, there's nothing wrong. But in the real picture, you're exposed. I might be able to cover it up to my mom and dad. I could cover it up to my friends. I could cover it up to people that, 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 that the teachers and others that they're at school. But I couldn't cover it up to God. And tonight I say, thank God for a conviction. And I kind of could relate to King David. Amen. King David, a mighty man of God, a mighty man that was used of God. And yet he had some struggles. He struggled with sin. And you know something? Thank God that there's, there are those that, that can live a victorious life. And I believe there is. But you know what, Brother Smith, there are many of us that even when we know we've made peace, we mess it up, we make mistakes, and we fail. And you know what? I don't know about you, but that doesn't bring harmony to, to your life. 
Does it bring peace? It brings pain. And you know something? Sometimes I believe pain is God's mercy in disguise. You know, when you touch that hot stove and you immediately flinch back, even though you see that burner there, it's blood red. You know that let, 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 that thing is heat. You can even see heat rising from it. But for whatever reason, you have to touch it. You immediately flinch back in pain. And then you look at feel the immediately the foolishness of your deed that you had just done. You know, there's five things that happen when we are cultivating rather than killing sin in our life. There's five things that take place, and I want to bring them out real quickly. You know, first, sin weakens our soul and deprives it of strength. That's the third, first thing that happens when we let sin enter in our lives. When we let sin get a hold in our hearts, it, 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 it deprives us of strength. And sin, number two, replaces the love of God when of, with the love of itself. That love that we had for God, that love that, that when I first got saved, I wanted, I wanted to read my Bible every day. I wanted to pray. I wanted to go to church. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to sing. I wanted to worship God. When the song service was uh, in, in progress, I wanted to lift my hands. I wanted to clap. I wanted to, to, to live for him. And you know something? When we let sin in our lives, sin replaces that. With the love of the sin, even though we know we're doing wrong, you think that, hey, we, we can correct it, but once it gets, gets there, instead of correcting it, it seems like we continue to repeat it. And as Brother Jeffries brought it out very clear today, we enjoy it because of the pleasure it has for the short term. You know, I was thinking about sins. I was thinking about sins that people get involved in. You know, the person who drinks that alcohol and gets that intoxication and stumbles around and laughs and jokes and comes the, the life of the party. Oh, while that alcohol is having its effect, it's a, it's a party pleaser at times. It's laughter and fun. Till the next morning when they wake up and they have that headache called a hangover when they have an upset stomach because of the nauseation of the alcohol. All that drug, I tell you something, the drugs, the drugs that they play with, marijuana, harder than that. Those highs, they, they just take you into the heavens. Uh, it gives you a sense that you're at the top of the world. It makes you feel like you could tackle. You're the superhero. You're the, you're the, the man of the hour. You're the lady of the there's no better feeling than to feel what I'm feeling right now. And they do. They make you feel that way. They, they'll numb you. It, it just does all kinds of wonderful things till the effect of that drug wears off. Then you feel a sense of emptiness, anxiety, a sense of fear. 
And it depends upon the effect of that drug and how strong that drug is. You can even experience pain in your body, uh, uh, sweats and, and chills as, as, as withdrawal symptoms begin to affect you. And the only thing you can think of, I've got to get that feeling back. I've got to get that feeling back. So you go find what you took and you take it again to feel that sense of harmony only to be replaced with a sense of desire that if you don't get something to make you feel like that, you're going to die. And you know, sometimes those things can do that. You'll hallucinate. You will imagine that, that everybody's against you. And you know, one of the things that sin will do, sin begins to work on our relationships. It brings barriers between those people that we love, our parents, our spouses. When we begin to sin against somebody, amen, it just doesn't only affect us, but it affects everybody around us. Sin messes up. But you know what? Pain is, 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 is good. Pain can be uh, God's mercy in disguise because pain lets me know that I'm not getting away with it and, and, and it hurts. And where others might think that, hey, man, wow, he's there. He's there. Look at him. He got in tonight. Yeah, I got in. I put a show on is what I did. Oh, he testified. I put a show on. He prayed. I put a show on. There's nothing more miserable than secret sin. Amen. I'm telling you that because I can say, dear God, I know what David's related to. God will relate to that. And sin will hinder us. And you know something, brothers and sisters? We're living in a time now this is troubling. This scares me. We're living in a time now that there's so many of us, and a lot of our young people especially has been caught up because they grow up and they and and, and the hormones awaken in them. And they and they, and they find themselves trapped in the situations. And 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 they they've lived their lives. They were instilled in them. Don't you mess up. Don't you do this. Don't you do that. Because it's wrong, and I'm not going to let you do it. I'm not going to let you be that way. You know, it seems like then, then we find ourselves doing the very things that we know that, 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 that would, bring dis, would bring displeasure to mom and dad, to our pastors. And instead of reaching out for help, we just continue. And we continue to dabble. We continue to fool around with it. And we find ourselves hooked on it. And we find that which we knew was wrong. It controls us. And we know what happens as a result of sin so much. Why do you think we're killing babies by the millions? We try to take care of our own problems but we just make our problems that much worse. I tried to instill, I wasn't a perfect parent. I know I did things right. And I know I did things wrong as a parent. 
But there's one thing I tried to instill in my children. There was a lot of things I told them it was wrong. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And if you do it, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. But at the same time, and you might think I'm, I, I also wanted them to understand that if you find yourself at a time, unmistakably, you find yourself messing up on the very things you know mom and dad stand against. And you find yourself doing the very wrongs that you know that you've done wrong. And you're trapped. And you don't know where to turn. Because you know that when you did something wrong as a kid, you got in trouble for it. And you got disciplined for it. And sometimes you got paddled for it. And you know that mom and dad does not want you doing that. If you know that there are minor things that you got in trouble for, what do you think about something major like that? Oh, there ain't no way in the whole wide world I want mom and dad to ever find out. I wanted my kids to understand that you ever found yourself in that situation. Don't turn to your friends. Turn to the very people who have pounded in your head. It's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. Because those are the very ones that's going to love you and do everything they can to help you out. But we've got a lot of young people that think that their preachers were too hard on them. we got a lot of young people and a lot of people that is playing around with things like, I grew up in a church that condemned these, condemned that. Right? Now I go out and find somebody that says, oh, they were just too rough on you. They don't love you. They don't care for you. You come our way. You, you be all right. Oh, it's not as bad as you think it is. God loves you. God cares for you. No, God's angry with you. God's displeased with you. And then it's wrong, and you know it's wrong. And you need help. And the very hard noses that you think despises your sins, and they do despise sin. And if you're involved in sin, they despise sin. But there's one big difference. They despise sin, but they don't despise you. And they love you. And they care for you. Why do you think they pounded in you that it's wrong, 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 wrong? Because they care for you. I know I'm preaching tonight. And good or bad. And if somebody can say it a whole lot easier than I'm saying it. But there's no more miserable feeling to feel. Amen. The pain is real. It's real. It's real. It's real. And thank God that God won't give up on me. And God will convict me. I want to see this church filled with people. And I don't care what kind of people we can get in this church. Let's get them in. 
And I don't care what condition, how they look, how they smell, and what their problems are. Let's get them in. I'm telling you this. Let them come in with any snow and sin. Let's hear in this earth. Let them come. Let them come. Let them come. Bring that sin with you. It does not intimidate me. And it doesn't intimidate this man here. But I want you to know something. We will condemn. We will preach. Sin is wrong. Because, brothers and sisters, we don't want sin to have peace in this church. We don't want sin to settle here and say, I got a home. No, sir. We want sin to be put on notice. You will be dealt with. And the person that you are destroying, we're going to do everything in our power and God's power and God's anointing to give you hope. I come to my third point. Only the mercy of God can save us from the wrath of God. I came to the realization dealing with this for months, knowing that I Messed up. Hardest thing I ever did, brothers and sisters. I want you to know something. Sometimes our secret sins, when they're brought to light, <laughs> it's not pretty, is it? When you're put on the hot seat. <laughs> I remember getting in trouble. Getting things revealed. But you know what? That sin I told you about tonight, struggled with it. It kept me up, kept me miserable. It kept me exactly where I was. I was guilty, and I knew I was guilty. But I was scared because I knew that it could be a, a change. I knew that everything that I had wanted and to be and do for God was on the line. And I felt like, how am I going to get out of this situation? But Brother Smith, I came to a realization I couldn't live with the misery any longer. I couldn't live with it any longer. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I was sick. I couldn't eat. That <laughs> was never too much of a problem with me, but it was that. Maybe that would help weight loss. I don't know. No, it wouldn't. I want peace. I don't know about you. I want God's love. I want God's blessing. The hardest thing I did was I walked to somebody's door and I knocked on that door. And the person that answered that door, I couldn't get the words out. I was scared. But I told that person, I messed up. And I can't live with it any longer. And I don't care what happens. I got to get that peace back. I got to get that peace. It was a long conversation. And this was from an individual that had preached and one an individual that really, of all the individuals, that was the last one I really wanted to know anything was different than me. But thank God he, he was a man of God. Thank God that he had the touch of the Lord. And he was probably suspicious already. 
<laughs> he had seen some signs. He had seen some things in my life. And that afternoon as he sat there and he talked to me, not one time did he condemn me to hell that day. Not one time did he say, I'm going to expose you and tear you apart and kick you out and, 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 and throw you. Not one time that day he gave me hope. He gave me hope. He gave me a sense as you are on the road of recovery. And you got to make some changes. You got to quit the sinning. And you got to make it right. And I'd made it right. I don't know. Brother Smith, every time I got down on my knees, I'd say, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. But I still didn't have the peace that I really needed. I don't know why I'm going and preaching this way tonight, but I want you to know something. I'm concerned. Amen. I want to preach good things, and I do. I love shouting services. I love when the Holy Ghost comes down and fills our children. But I'm telling you something, children, I want you to understand something. Sin is real. Sin is real. And sin has ways of getting a hold and, and, and even the best intentions, sometimes we're going to mess up because we are children of the flesh. And our flesh is going to get a hold and we will mess up. Don't you walk away. And don't you try to find somebody that's going to console you in that. You need to face it head on. Find the most disciplined Find the most person that you know of that, that you know stands against the wrongs that you're involved in. And that is the person you need to come for help instead of turning away. Dear God, sin messes our lives up. It does. But it doesn't have to destroy us. And it doesn't have to control our lives. We can get it taken care of. We can. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Cassandra, will you come? I know you got that baby. You could bring her up and give her to me, but we the service was just <laughs> grandma would have to come up.